Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the corner where the treats is is this the the passing of the torch right is this what this signifies it comes down to that that front office and what they feel is most important the champ is here we've touched down from a higher plane why you made it here we always look forward to that week because it was always intense you know that we ain't coming back we got to the man the myth the legend dante hall my 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 favorite player growing up was dante hall i love you guys (laughs) too but dante was my guy Get to dashing because you're done on the war feet. This episode of Chief Concerns is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Chief Concerns. I'm Marcus Dash here with our host, former Chiefs tight end, Jason Dunn, and former cornerback, Eric Warfield. Tonight we got a special guest in bringing on the man behind all the dapper looks you see on the Chiefs field, and Dewan Bonds. Uh, guys, I'm sure you guys want to make a nice little introduction on uh, how, how long you guys have known Mr. Dewan Bonds over here. Oh, what's man. up, guys? First year. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, first year for sure. It's been a long time. Yeah. How many years ago was, how many years ago was that? <laughs> 98. Good God. God. Oh. Hey, I got some archive balls down in my basement, man, that, that say that was the first year that I was over there, man, 98, the 98-99 season, man. And it's been till right now. What year is it, 2023? 22. A long time. Yep. You know what? Matter of fact, I think it was tomorrow night when I took you over there first. It probably was. Yes, it probably was. Man. Yeah, I got, got I got there at 2000 and mm-hmm. I, was, I was just leaving for Philly. So, you know, when I came in town, I had to make sure I had somebody that was, you know, putting me together like, you know, like in Philly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You had, like where everybody go to? It was like, man, why you got to go check him out? Yeah. So at the time, do you remember we was, up, we was getting our dreads and all that put together? Like, you know, at the time, growing everything out. And yep. so he was like, man, you going to the barbershop with dreads? I'm like, yeah, man, you still got to get <laughs> Oh, the edges put together. So, hey, you was one of the first though. Dreads wasn't really popping like that though. Uh-uh. No, they wasn't. No, they wasn't. Yeah, it was not. Donnell Bennett said, "JD, first time I seen you, I thought we was getting guys out of prison." <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Oh yeah. Mm. So yeah, man. brother. Yeah, hey man, we hey we love to have you on the, on the show, man. This is this is a beauty. Just happy here, man, to just talk football with you, talk life, just catching yeah. up with each other, man, you know, for the holidays and whatnot, man. Just seeing a, a familiar face. Yeah. We have a lot of history with. Like I said, a lot of history. 
we look at his family and have a lot of love for man. Dewan, man, appreciate you, man, for having us, uh, having you on the show, man. Seriously. Oh, well, thanks again, guys. I enjoyed it. I don't know who who it was first that took Dewan out of state, uh, but before he got set up at the stadium, like the shop was always crowded. So you know, we make them little road trips. We don't want nobody else messing up the hair. So. Right. We used to pay this dude to come out to put him on a flight, come out of state with us, cut us up, come party with us, and he go back home. Wow. Yeah. Hey, look, and, and that's real. Because when you have somebody that knows your hair, if you go anywhere else, that's what you're talking about. You put your, your that, that right here, that hairline, yeah. you put it all the way back here, man. You know, they be all up in your kitchen, just keep pushing you back, trying to get you right, man. That's why. You gotta have somebody that knows what you you know what you're working with. You know what I'm saying, and, and be generous with it. So so D, you was always Heck generous yeah. with my hairline. So man, that's that's just it. The, the biggest thing before I go into the generous hairline thing, E man, that's what's crazy is a lot of times these barbers now they it's 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 the thing. But we was doing that twenty years ago when it was Man, you guys was like, hey man, we're not playing about this haircut thing. And, and this haircut thing has has, has gone to uh, another level today because of the, the social media presence. Yes. And all the enhancement <clears throat> has drawn a lot of attention to, you know, uh, guys being particular about their image. But, man, I mean, we talking about 20 years ago, man, you talking about putting me on an airplane and flying me out just for a haircut, you know, that, that was kind of like, that was all the way not the norm at all. So, but it was also, it was more than a, you know, you can, you, you, we can probably find different barbers in different cities, but we had a different relationship. It's more than a you know, cut. We created a, you know, it, you know, the, the irony of your last name being bond, you know, we, we created a, a, a hell of a bond. Yes. You know, almost from day one. And uh, yeah, that's why we're still friends to this day. Damn near like family, but, the, the bond that we created was like, man, you get, you know, you get more than just a barber. You get family out here. You get somebody that knows how to have fun, you know, saying, you know, things that you enjoy doing, you know, invite your family out to enjoy the, the weekend with you. So, yeah. yeah, we had we had great fun and more than a cut. Uh, but, you know, J.D., man, when you say, you know, you have to you have to protect it, my 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 whole thought into this very day is if I continue to push or pull somebody's hairline back, how long will I have them as a client? Not now, long. It's, yeah, it's, it's so over. Yeah. If, you, if you got somebody with elephant hair, I'm going to make sure I protect it, and I'm going to make sure that I don't push it back so I can continue to have him as a client for a long period of time. It's not about what I can do today. It's about what I could continue to do um for 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 years to come, you know. So I'm not pushing nobody's hairline back. I'm not taking anybody's hair that's gentle <laughs> on the top down too much. That just that's just killing my business. Yeah. And, but, but you were so skilled at it though, man. So like, you know, it's it's from a cultural thing, you know, black guys usually cut black guys' hair. Mm-hmm. But you were so well rounded that you would do black, white, Mexican, whoever whoever sat in your chair. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I think that was the most that was the the biggest thing that 
uh, made you so acceptable when it came to presenting you to the chiefs and like, hey, my man needs to have set up shop here. Do yeah. the entire team, you know, whether it's black or white, coaches, uh, he can do it all. So, uh, yeah. and and that was a that was an easy deal done to get done when they when they you know decided to bring you in. You know that that was that was one thing that I kind of had to make sure I knew how to do. You know, is be, become a well-rounded barber that would no matter the hair type, multicultural barber that. So no matter the hair type that sat in the chair to receive service for me, what would I look like as a professional if I say I can't do it? Exactly. I at one time I couldn't do it, but it was it was the self-teaching that I had to learn. I had to learn how to do it. And my school that I went to didn't show me how to do straight hair at all. It was self, it was hands-on. You know, it wasn't even YouTube back then, you know, when I was trying to figure it out. It wasn't no tutorials on really how to, it was like dive in, like figure it out, sink or swim, mess it up or don't mess it up. So I kind of taught myself how to do it. And and, and what's, what's funny is um, during the time when the Chiefs were in the Super Bowl, um, and then they were talking about the Chiefs barber uh, having, having COVID. There were so many people calling me saying that I know that can't be you because white <laughs> dude in the chair, man. This is a white dude. Uh, it's, it's really stupid. I was like, no, it, it, it's really me. He said, I didn't think it was you, but I forgot that you do everybody's hair. You know, it don't matter the hair type that sits in the chair. So, uh, you know, that was just a little running joke. Matter of fact, it was it was Ty Law had called me. He's oh, like, yeah. he gonna say, say fool, I know that ain't you. And I was like, why you say that? Cause there's a white boy in the chair. I said, Ty, I cut everybody. Oh yeah, you do, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> it was funny, hey, but, but but the biggest thing on that, and what's crazy that he called you on that, was that I don't, I, I myself would say you blew up from this. Uh, because I thought you kind of blew up when we first started back in the stadium. Mm -hmm. um, the Royals World Championship, when my man was getting the mohawk, you know, they did yeah. the big feature on you and him yes. and where he was getting his hair hairstyle from. And that was kind of like your uh, coming out big TV yep. moment. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, you were doing Patrick's hair. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you, you've had some moments to where, you know, the one is not just a, your, your average bar, that's, that's, that's top tier, that's elite. You yeah. know, all professional athletes. And heck, you got guys that come in from other teams, uh, I was noticing uh, baseball and football that sit in your chair. Mm -hmm. So um, people don't yeah. understand the, the, the relationships that come with barbers, man. Well, look, let's, let's, put it, let's put it in perspective, though. You, if, like you said, professionally, if you're thinking about any anybody, any occupation, if you move to a new <laughs> city, you're coming in, there's there's certain professions that you know you have to have, right? If you move in there, you want a real estate agent, you want a doctor, you want somebody maybe a a, a lawyer that's good. And you know you got to have a barber. There's somebody like like when you're talking about these are the people I need to know. A dentist, right? These are people like that to help out with your image or who you are. And so a barber, when you're talking about just that importance of having somebody there that you know you can trust, and like the one your spot is it's a safe space. Right. Like you said, a professional athlete comes, they know they can trust you. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm trusting with my image. I'm trusting when people see me on TV that I'm going to be put all the way together when they see me, when I go ahead and hit a home run or I catch me a touchdown or, I, you know, what I mean, when I take my helmet off, 
I'm going to be presentable. When everybody sees me, that's going to be like my icon, my calling card, the way that I look. And image is very important. It's very important. So that, that's the importance of your positioning, you know, in the community. I think a lot of people don't even, you know, they don't really think about it like that. But it's like, man, if you think like sit back, it's like, wow, same thing. Churches, like, you know, maybe, a, a you know, a minister, yeah. Or somebody, right? Yeah. So. Yes, yeah, that's exactly right, J.D. Um, when you when you move and you relocate, one of the biggest fears for most men is is the barbering thing. You know, you want to find uh, someone to cut your hair. You're going to ask before you move. You're going to ask all around when you get to your new city. And also, too, uh, with the churches, you, that that's a big thing, too. And, and mechanics It's just so many different things that you're afraid to lose. But barbering has become one of the biggest things things that people look forward to or try to make sure they handle before you leave. Because I, I, um, I have people that move away from, from the city and they're like, Hey, do you have any recommendations? You know, of any barbers in whatever city that they may be going to. So it's really important now. I mean, it is, it's, it's important to every male that. <laughs> so with that, that you just said, do you have, um, referrals in other States that you will refer somebody to just in case you couldn't make it? You know trip? what? And it's because of it's because of uh, Instagram. You know, there's so many barbers that I follow from other cities now that, you know, if I like their work, if someone said they're moving to Philly, if they say they're moving to California, they say they're moving to Dallas or wherever they say they're moving. Man, I got some barbers everywhere you know, that I can, you know, say, hey, I do know of this guy and he's pretty good. And, and, it, and it helps a lot. Yeah. So on the Kansas City realm of things again, mm -hmm. I can't think of my guy that. The Mohawk guy for the for the for the Royals. Hosmer. Say again. Hosmer. Yes. Did you ref refer to him, or was it something that he was like, you know, hey, I want this kind of a hairstyle? Or was it like, hey, I got you. Let me try this on you. You know what? How that thing was. It, it's funny, man. How that thing was created um, with him is he was he was the funniest thing. MLB went through. Uh, a, a time period where they weren't allowing any outsiders to come into the facilities due to, you know, various reasons. Um, and there was a former player that came back to Kansas city who I was cutting. Like I had two different stints. I had a, a two or three year stint and then there was a break. And then I ended up coming back when that player came back. So David DeJesus came back to Kansas city and was a visitor so I was able to get into the clubhouse as a visitor and then he crossed paths with Hosmer on his call-up day. And it was his it was MLB debut. He looked terrible. So David DeJesus, they just crossed paths. And he's like, yo, kid, you look like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So he's like, you need to get a cut. The barber is here. I was totally not supposed to be there cutting no one else's hair, but you know, it just happened to work out that particular day. I sat him down in a chair. We talked about uh, the image that he wanted. And it, and, and it wasn't quite there on that particular cut. But after, you know, I cut his hair and a few different times, you know, I kind of told him, here's what I'm trying to evolve this hair haircut into, which everybody, it was, it was a simple mohawk. But you know what? Every barber has his touch. Every barber has his own way of cutting. Um, but I put my own little spin on it. It worked. It caught fire with him. He was a great looking guy. He was on TV. He was the first baseman. You know, he, he was a perfect canvas for 
for my art and my and my talent. So every time that you know, if, if you watch baseball, you know that as that every every play defensively, it dang near runs through your first baseman. So the camera is gonna be on that guy all the time, and he oh, it was stuck on his head. <laughs> oh, they stuck on it, man. And then you know, when they hit the World Series, there was a photographer that was a visiting photographer from Sports Illustrated, I do believe, and um, and he 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 was just in awe that the Royals had a barbershop right there. And he just stopped and took a picture of, of, of us doing a haircut on game day. This was like game one, game two type of thing. And and then next thing you know, man, we're I'm not even at the game. I'm I'm at a friend's house watching the game. And Eric is at the plate and they they flash me during the World Series <laughs> with this picture that this dude took and they asked me about the haircut. He's like, what's this haircut called? I mean, and right off the rip, I was like, I don't know. We call it the Haas. And they named it right there during the World Series. Like, hey, Eric Hosmer was getting his haircut. His barber called it the Haas. And wow. dude, right after that, man, like every little kid in Kansas City was calling a barbershop, trying to get lined up, trying to get the look, you know, and it was just, it was just great. But like you said, Eric, I mean, I've been doing it for so long. I mean, between you guys here on a, on 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 a, on a, with the, with the team, then and and now all the all the guys that I was doing in from TG to Priest to LJ to you to T Rich, everybody, you know. So um, I'm just I'm just thankful that I'm still relevant, man. Brother, listen, hey, it, it, not only the kids in Kansas City, we talked about kids that watch the World Series, right? The same thing that was going on. When kids was watching, it's like, look, I want that haircut. It was the same thing, like, when, you know, when Patrick had his, yeah. all the kids I seen over in high school, they had a little <laughs> curly hair. They wanted the same look, right? right. Because, because it worked. And so you just start seeing quarterbacks, wide receivers, kids, all different schools had the same look. And all of that was based off like your influence on putting this thing together, right? Yeah. I mean, that's how that's how much your reach was yeah. actually extending out, yeah. you know, that. And just imagine this, not just the world's like uh, United States, the ones in the world, right? Dominican Republic and all of like from I mean, that's that's how big it is when, mm. when you think about that. You know what I'm saying? They're just putting it on that scale, you know. But did you so did you help? I don't remember Patrick. I mean, I didn't I, I never really watched him in college. So did he come to Kansas City with the Mohawk? Or was that something that you transformed it into? Or you he just had, had your signature to it? He had something. I don't know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> and I tried not to ever talk about any barber's work, but I told him, I said, hey, man, we got some work to do to create the style and the look that I think will look best on you. Um, and and one thing for sure, like, like right now, like I love Pat. I love him. That's my guy. But, you know, when he take that helmet off, it don't look like I do much work to his hair at all because he always got the wrap on and he always got helmet hair. So uh, my little disclaimer is, you know, whenever he take whenever he takes a shower and he gets himself together, that's when my hair on him looks the best. But when he take that helmet off, I even myself say, oh, my Lord, it, that hair look like it needs some work. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's his, his hair, his hair um wasn't quite like that we we had to grow it out we had to you know tweak it and modify it to the way it is today yeah 
I well, we, we, well, we we see him when he comes off that plane, you know, when he's in his suit. <laughs> yeah. the there you go. Yeah, then, then you see it like, okay, now. Fresh. Yes, right, right. right. Clean. So, put together. so, so who, who on the team now blows your phone up for the most haircuts per week? Most cuts right now that don't play around. E, you got me really thinking. It it probably belongs to McCall. Wow. Yeah, McCall. McCall thinks and knows he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he he's he's most anal about his uh, his look. Gotcha. Yeah, you got to stay on point, man, because that once a week ain't going to get you. Because I know you used to come to my house on Tuesday, and then I catch you at the stadium at the end of the week. Yeah. Yeah, he's you. <laughs> he's definitely you. <laughs> well, do you know how you I used to come in on, 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 on the end of the week? You know, I'm like, D, man, did you get a cut? You know, JD, I'll be, I'm the last one I'm in the, in the, the last, anyway. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I used to keep you late. Like, that guy, JD, like, man, all right, I got you. Don't worry. <laughs> Every Thursday at the stadium, though, hey, so I used to slide to your crib, right? So I knew I knew every Thursday when I'm about ready to be done, JD gonna come through with, <laughs> with the towel that don't fit. Like it's like he holding the towel, right? Like, hey, yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm about to come through. I'm like, man, if you don't put some clothes on, man. <laughs> but. But yeah, JD, where you know you 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 was always you was always I always knew you was gonna come through and be the last cut of the night. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it had to stop, man. He'd be the last one to chime in on the on the on the on the app, not the app, but uh, the podcast and all. Oh man, thank you. Know, nothing no, changed. No, just stay the same, baby. You know how it is. <laughs> I've grown to ask this question with all the new guys because I just love to hear who is the JD. So I say, uh, who is always the last one to arrive somewhere to meetings, to, to the plane, to everywhere. And it's funny when they, they say it's funny. They say it's Trav, man. He, he, he notorious for running up close to the clock like that. Oh, Right. That old tight end university, huh? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, we're going to get into some football stuff right now, so I know we didn't – damn, almost 30 minutes. All right, all right. That was, that was good stuff. Actually, Dewan, uh, when, when you were talking about, um, like, people who have gotten the haircuts, the, the ha, so I was I was a junior in college, and I remember after seeing that that, that whole special that you, you mentioned, um, yeah. I remember going to – and when I was going to school in Miami, I remember going to my barber and taking a picture of the of the Haas America. And I was like, "Can you do this?" <laughs> so wow. it's crazy that we're I'm on I'm on a podcast with you right now. You know, I take yeah, a young bug, D. Oh man, I, I hear that man, and I'm, I'm <laughs> you know what? It was kind of a craze. It was it was it was a mad hype. You know, kind of like the Beckham thing. The Beckham thing was a real big haircut uh, at, at at one point in time doing that color and all of that. But yeah, man, there was people calling me, barbers randomly calling me from shops, like, hey man, how do you do this cut? And I was like, wow, this is really crazy. So yeah. Let me add one, one more thing, all right, before we get into the football part of it. When when things are happening on the field, and we're talking about barbers almost being like 
therapists, ministers, right? When they mm -hmm. come in, things that's happening in the locker room, what you hear that's going on on social media, they come in there and they lend you an ear. I mean, they, they, they're giving the ear, like you're listening to what they're going through, right? You're right. kind of talking them through it. And so what, what does that mean for you being somebody who's been in the business for so long, who's seen a lot of players come through this, about giving me some of these young guys that that knowledge, some of that information, you know, and, and what some of that means, you know what I mean? So so how does that work out as far as like with you uh, kind of talking to these guys? Well, you know, I, you know, athlete or, or, or regular, man, I try to give them that that advice that I would give to, you know, any any um, individual, you know, that that come in and need that that knowledge. It is very true that. You know these guys are on pedestals and they looked up. They're looked at as as uh, role models and everything. But one thing that that I do never forget is that they are they are young men. You know, and I don't I don't ever actually look at them as as they're my 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 peers as far as age and stuff like that. I keep that perspective and understand that these guys are a lot younger. They have a lot more. Um, challenges that face I mean they they not I want to say I don't want to say challenges but they we cannot forget that that they are um they are young and mm -hmm. what would you, what were you doing at that particular time you know so I just try to give them the would my own child I mean whether you're an athlete of that age or if you're uh just a regular client that that comes to the barbershop if I answered that question correct no, it's good because it could get frustrated. Like when we hear things that's going on out here, guys get frustrated. And so when we, you know, like us, when we're sitting there, we're talking to you, uh, you know, that's that's one of the things. Like I'm, I'm going to talk to you real and I have somebody like you that's like, hey, man, JD. I'm like, man, what do you think about that? Right. What do you think about this? And so, like I said, with, with your body of work and the history with different guys, what you heard about them going through contract disputes, you know, things in the upper office, you know, whatever maybe, you know, guys not getting playing time. Like you hear all of that. Right. And so part of it is like your balance to tell the guys like, hey, man, listen, maybe a guy, maybe Warfield did it like this or J.D. did it like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I know these guys and how they kind of handle these things. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And So like passing that knowledge and information, man, is so key. It's so important for a guy who was young, who's trying to get his foot into the city trying to get his foot into the NFL, to actually get some advice from somebody who knows these guys, right? Somebody who's been around there, you know, yeah. who, 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 who done these things. And well, so, you, okay. You're right. I've had conversations with a lot of the a lot of the guys that I remember having conversations. Like, let, let's just say, you know, just like I've had conversations with Kobe Smith. You know, Kobe Smith was, was frustrated at one point in time about, you know, his playing time. But I had to, like, get him to really understand who he was behind, you know, mm -hmm. the same with, with Larry Johnson. And, you know, even the same thing with some of these guys now, I'm like, Hey, you guys got to remember that, you know, your time will come. Just yeah. make sure you make sure you maximize that opportunity uh, when you do get it, you know, and I, and that's why I have so much respect right now uh, for, 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 for Pacheco, you know, mm -hmm. because, you know, he's staying focused. He's yeah. not being he's not being distracted by uh, anything outside of football. 
you know, if it's if it doesn't have anything to do with football right now and um and, and instructed by the team, then he's just gonna decline it all. Um yeah. I've even spoken with with McColl, you know, and just checked on him about his mental, because this is a tough time for him right now, having to deal with, you know, the 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 games missed and whatnot. You know, it's one thing to be physically ready, you know, yeah. when you get get out there on the field, but it's also that other that other part is the mental part. And, you know, I know that he will soon be physically ready. Right. Right. That, that mind, you know, is, 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 is I had to just really just check on him and be like, my brother, <clears throat> I know you're a warrior. Mm-hmm. Are you, how are you handling the other part of it all? So that's, that's key as well too, when dealing with, with these players. Yeah. yeah. In a sense, man, you're kind of like a therapist dog. Cause like, to be honest, like that, the the barbershop is kind of like the locker room. It's a place where you can be vulnerable mm-hmm. uh, with your with your barber and share any and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you don't know that barber, you know you're just going there, getting a haircut, and you're out of there. Yeah. And I think you've done a great job of uh, taking your time and getting to know people. You know to understand who they are inside and out, where they come from. Um, I mean, because if, if if you don't, then you know you can't create that kind of a, a bond or relationship. Uh, I mean, heck, I appreciate you. I love you, man. I, you know, since day one of us meeting, I, again, I, I say it again, that's why we still chat every year. So, um, yeah. but you've done a great job, man. I, and I don't, I, I know because I've known you for so long, how you adapt, but it takes a special individual to have the type of uh, personality, the type of uh, heart that you have to go in on a daily basis, not just with all those athletes, but the guys that aren't athletes to continue doing that for such a long time. That's right. Yeah. Hey, we're going to give you flowers now, D. That's A, man. That's A. <laughs> That's our respect right there, brother. Yeah. yeah. And I, yeah. All right. So you guys already talked some football? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the question I wanted to ask you guys, um, and E hasn't been on the show in, in, in the last month, so I kind of wanted to get you get your uh, kind of feedback on what you've seen from the defense as far as the, the progression, you know, because the, the one thing we talked about this year is the kind of the, the youth movement that we had defensively speci- specifically. Well, what have you kind of seen as far as a, a growth and a progression um, since the last time you were on the show, Eric, to what you're seeing like now? You know, like, for example, Carl Loftus, last five games, four sacks, and we're starting to see him really come on and start to like, you know, to, you know, to, to kind of get used to the NFL speed. So what, what have you kind of um, seen from the progression from the, from the defense, uh, Eric and, and guys? You know, it's kind of like last year, like the, the defense steps up in the the third tricep of the season. You know, in, in the beginning, it was all like our defense is giving up this amount of points, giving up these this many plays. You know, it was like that for the last few years, even when we had Tyron Matthew and, and, and uh, you know, some of the other guys that we've lost. Uh, but when it comes closer to the playoffs, we find a way uh, to show what we are capable of doing. And right now, a lot of these guys are – the younger guys are stepping up and they're making the plays that you know, that we brought them in to do. Uh, I love the, the the speed that they were that we're bringing. Uh, I love the physicality that these guys is bringing. Uh, Chris Jones has been phenomenal for the last couple of years and and, and continue to show it. Um, I even like what Frank's doing outside now. So um, it is 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 good to see at this time of the year uh, because we know we're getting closer to the playoffs. So hell, we're we're the favorite right now. Yeah. Uh, so when you talk about the speed of the game and, you know, we said this at the very beginning of the season 
is we didn't quite know what this thing was going to look like. But what I liked about it was Spags was kind of putting things together to get these young guys to play faster. And a lot of it had to do with him just trusting the secondary, the young guys that was going to be in there to say, hey, look, if I put you in this situation, I'm putting you in a situation that I believe that you're going to be able to get this thing done. And so we've seen the guys, especially in the secondary, starting to play faster, starting to play with a lot more confidence uh, than what they did at the first of the season, which is going to be key when you come down the stretch, especially going into the playoffs, right? Because we're going to see, look, it's going to be a monster receiver. When playoff comes time, monster receivers are going to be showing up, right? The ones that make the plays, they're going to be the ones that want to go out there and put on the pedestal to make all the plays. Now, look, I say this. I still want to see a little bit more from the D-line. And I'm not talking about Chris Jones. We know Chris Jones has been phenomenal. He's, he's been a beast, absolutely unstoppable. Colossus are doing a better job. Carlos Dunlap is doing a, a hell of a job. The other ones, like the D tackles and stuff like that, I think that rotation is going to come. I think with these games that's been playing for the last couple of weeks, you're starting to see a little bit more rotations, right? We have uh, Big Shelton came in uh, last week. The first time we've seen him in a big body, I watched him play, man. It, it joker takes two. He's a big body that takes two. And that takes a lot from uh, – the, the, the line, O-line getting on the linebackers. And so when you have Bolton, who's, what, the fifth leading tackle in the NFL right now, which is just crazy. I mean, he, he's somewhere around there. I mean, he's just playing phenomenal. Willie Gage is playing lights out, too, playing fast. This defense, I think, when it comes to the playoffs, man, they are going to hump. They are going to be the ones, I think, is going to be able to get this over the hump. Seriously. Yeah, i like to echo a little bit on that, too, man. I, I believe that with the defense, you know, it's kind of like, how baseball is when you when you catch fire, you know, at the right time in the playoffs and things like that, and you and, and you get hot. The defense is is getting there. I think that they're. Uh, I like the play of like you said, uh, Frank Clark, Dunlap, Chris yeah. Jones, all doing their things up front. Uh, I even like how they're starting to gel at like the right time. You know, it, it's it's going to be. Yeah, I, I don't mind if they're not doing their thing. You know early on in the season, but we got to tighten it up as we get down the stretch, like you said. And then I like the play of uh, Juan Thornhill in the in the, in the the backfield. Uh, yeah. I think he's coming around a lot, and he's becoming the, the leader that we need him to do in, or be in secondary, uh, you know, kind of like how um, uh, Tyron was for us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, heck, our, our, our identity is our offense, you know, starting with Patrick. And so I think everybody expects defensively us to, you know, to, to keep things up to par with what the with what the offense does. No, no, there's no team in, in the NFL right now that's that well well balanced. You know, Dallas for a while had the supposedly best defense, and all of a sudden you see all these big plays that are created on Dallas, and it's about the offense having to put up more points. So uh, it's hard to complement the offense when offenses are so complex, like they're so designed, um, uh, you got so many double moves and, you know, it's so hard to cover receivers nowadays with so much changing within the, the rules and regulations. So um, you, you, it's, it's going to be hard to shut offenses down. So, yeah, we we want to get more stops. We want to, you know, prevent more big plays. And I think we've done that here in the later part of the season and it's happening at the right time. Are we going to, you know, give up big plays, give up touchdowns? 100%. <laughs> you can't stop an offense completely. Yeah. Um, so, so let me ask you this. Let, let me ask you this. Um, 
being a defending player, what would be the ideal number to keep it under to win a game, right? Because offensively, we're thinking about scoring points. We're thinking about, like, this is the number of points we had to score to win the game, right? I know y'all defensively, y'all in y'all room, y'all saying the same thing. So so what would you say realistically? I, I honestly think a great defense is going to hold it to an average of 17, 17 points. It, it sounds like a lot, but then again, it, it, it isn't. You know, because um, it's hard to stop points from being put on the board. Right, right. You know, whether it's, you know, if I want to, if I'm a, if I'm a receiver, I can run a play down the sideline and just bump into a corner to, to you know, get a pass interference like he tried to do it. And that's, yeah. you know, can get me, depending on where I, I get the contact at, 20, 60 yards down the field. And that's, you know, three points, six points. So it's, it's hard to stop points, um, but there's, you know, a lot of talent on our team to where we've been making some key plays, and that's about what it is, making key plays. You're not going to stop plays, but you can make some key stops. Yeah. You know, that, and I think that's the reality of it. The reality is, you know, look, guys get paid on the other side. <laughs> like you said, they're going to score points. They're going to have some chunks out there, but it's got to be one of those bend don't break type of defenses, right? We're sitting over saying, you said 17 points. If, you, if we know we got a high-powered offense that's going to score over 20-some points, even you keep it under 21 or, you know, somewhere around there, Chiefs should win, right? I mean, that, that should, should be – We should. That should always be, like, knowing under this amount of, of points, Chiefs should win this game handily. Like, it shouldn't even be close. Um, and just with – we know with – as far as what we're looking at in the AFC, Okay. So I was going to be the Bills. We're talking about uh, uh, the Bengals, right? You know, we don't know if the Ravens, I don't think, what's name is going to come back. I wouldn't. I'm just going to say it right now. If I was uh, Lamar, for real, I, I ain't I ain't touching the field. <laughs> I just ain't going to do it. It's not going to happen until they pay his money. Uh, but those those are the offenses that you're kind of looking at, shoot. And, and, and so when you see those things, you're sitting there saying, like, look, can we keep these guys – under you know 21 points and 17 points like you're saying and i think the, the defense definitely can do it i think you have the guys uh enough on defense that can hold a team like that under 21 points you know jd it's it's, it's at a time right now to where um and rightfully so you know the nfl has created you know these rules to where you can't hit a guy to to uh jar the ball out if you come up with a big hit yeah and you hurt that dude, or the ball comes out and it looks like a a, a, a violent hit. That's a that's a, a penalty and sometimes an ejection. Yeah. And so there's there's not a lot of fear if I'm a receiver to say, okay, I'm gonna get hit. Now if I do get hit, you know, it's it kind of unlikely it's gonna happen. So I can take the chance at laying out for this pass or going across the middle or running that slant uh, and not worry about the big hit coming. Um, so I can make those phenomenal one-hand catches and, and, and make myself look good with all these um, some of these plays. Uh, and on top of that, as a defender, you can't touch that dude after five yards. Receivers are by far the fastest players on the field. Yeah. You know, you got a little Tariq Hill that's running a four, a three-six uh, 40, <laughs> <laughs> and he's past five yards. It's hard to stop that. Yeah. You know, there's not 90% of the league can't keep up with him. And it's shown from, from the production he's got. 
And it's like that with a lot of the guys because it's, it's, it's the NFL has turned into a we have to protect our our image, but we also have to protect, you know, by by protecting these offensive guys. And on top of that, the number one guy we got to protect is the quarterback. And it's, it, we've seen some embarrassing calls where a guy was either landed on a quarterback, threw a quarterback, uh, got up in his face too close, and there's a it's a penalty. You know, you got to let the quarterback be himself, make the throws, uh, not get hit. On top of that, you got the receivers that have this freedom to do whatever after five yards, and this defender has to sit there and react to everything that he does without touching him. And on top of that, when he does have the ball come as well, you can't hit him hard. You know, that's the old NFL. You know, the new NFL is you got to make a play. Let him catch it, make the play. Right, right. B, what do you think? You think you got any thoughts on some of that? I mean, yeah, I really don't like the way this, the 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 no touching and, and they really changed the game a lot. I just I like I like football with contact. I don't really like how they how they babied it in a sense, you know. Um but it is it is is the game. I, I if you want to talk about what I really don't like, I don't like the 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 kickoff. I mean, you you hardly don't ever get a kickoff return anymore because Everything is always touchbacks. So yeah. to push that, put that ball back up there so we can get some returns and, and bring some excitement back to the game. Get, you know, get get a great return or a great 40-yard, 50-yard return. You know, back in the day, we used to have that kind of stuff. But now you you can't even can't get that or you can't hardly even touch uh, a player. I mean, you know, you, you got to be a quarterback of a name to get the call, too. Oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, you know, it, it's it's. I don't know. I don't really. I just watch. But but but, Dewan though, um, in the decades that you've been in, the the, the decades that you've been yeah. in Kansas City, um, I don't know how many guys that you've talked to that have had the 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 issues of CTE. Uh, it's real. Uh huh. It's real, man. I've had some guys that I played with that have, you know, that have passed on, and then. I've had some. Um, I got some some guys that I played with early on in my career that are, that are dealing with some real issues. So I understand what they want to do to protect it, to protect the players. Right. But I mean, yeah, it is. It's to a point to where it's not the same old football that we grew up on. Right. Let me respect that CTE too, man. Because you know, after selfishly, as I as I watch as a fan, I want to see. I want to see more of the football we kind of grew up on, but you do have to respect that uh, aspect of it and, and the effects that it has on people after they get, after they get done playing. So um, yeah, I, I can understand the way they have to curb the game uh, to, to, to protect the image of the game and also to protect the players that play. So I, I get it. Uh, it's just selfishly. I want to see a little more excitement. Oh, yeah. And I think that, you know, some of the, some of the five yards off. I mean, they can let they can let the, let the receiver in the corner fight a little bit more. I agree. <laughs> uh, you 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 can't touch him. You know, I get it. After you get down the field, you ain't supposed to do that. But let them let them get down on the line a little bit like they used to. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, and and, and I, I kind of agree with E on this. But as far as saying like the quarterbacks, as far as how they're protected, like we we've seen some really bad calls, like you said, of, of guys. 
like the, uh, the whole uh, roughing the pass or putting your weight on a guy, right? Or something like to me, I think it's a little bit that's a that's a little bit much. It's a little bit ridiculous, okay? And when it's up to the referee to know, well, did he put fifty percent of his weight on him or seventy five percent of his weight? Like how much weight was it to make that call? I think it's just it it, it gets a little bit crazy because. There's no real baseline on how you make that call, right? It's not, it's not consistent. And so it's when when it's like in the eye of the beholder to make that call, then it, it gets it gets really messy. The whole thing, I think, is just it's bad for football in itself, unless it's just blatantly that you know it's a pass, you know, like roughing the passer. I don't think it should be called, really. So the, the thing that, that that really kind of well, we had the one with Chris Jones, he rolled right. a guy over. Yes, you know, that was called. Pitiful. That's that's just I don't get it. And one of them that really stuck out to me was on a tour hit. He didn't get hit. He was shoved and actually hit, hit his head on the ground. Now okay. it's not the defender's fault that you hit your head on the ground, but it's your fault that he's got a concussion and got to come out the game. So you get flagged for it. Well, how else do you want me to hit this guy? I didn't put my pads on him. I just shoved him. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just because he fell awkwardly, hits his head on the ground, I get penalized for it. Yeah. What, what, you know, what, do, you, what do you think about the, the rule about the guys uh, going down with a uh, with the injury? Because I, th- I that could be a little bit uh, messy, too, because who's the determining factor if a guy's really hurt or not? Right. Who, who makes that decision that this guy didn't have a cramp in his, you know, in his calf muscle? Right to kind of stop the play like that, and, and I think when you start to say, "Well, we're gonna find guys for that," or you know whatnot, and I think it's because they're trying to protect the sport, right? They want the tempo of the game to keep going, you know, the rhythm of it. But then, if a guy is hurt for real, and somebody pulls out a flag and say, "Well, look, we're gonna find this guy because we think he was just laying down on us," which he may not be, you know. I just I just don't like when sometimes they bring some of these rules in, like midseason, and they start talking about it. It ain't really clear. You know, as far as like how they're gonna do things, I just think it just sets a bad precedent as far as how they do the officiating in the NFL. Really, yeah. Well, they've been getting a lot of uh, excuse my language. They've been getting a lot of shit this year from from yeah. from so many calls uh, and a lot of bad calls too. As they should. There's been some. There's been some terrible ones out there now. There's some terrible ones out there. Yeah, I think on Monday night uh, the Derwin James hit on that Colts receiver. That was like a. a Right, right away they ejected him for that. And I was like, I, I've never seen that in the NFL before, right away where they eject a guy for a for a helmet-to-helmet hit. Um, what did you well, guys- you're not supposed to leave with your helmet, but I, the thing that I noticed with the Derwin James said, he caught dude on the shoulder. Mm. Either way, you, the, the thing is you can't leave with your helmet. I mean, that's supposedly more harm to you as it is to that person. Yeah. yeah. Derwin James was trying to knock that sucker out. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wait. <laughs> so and, and and he took the brunt of the hit. To be honest, you know he he stumbled. You know they just you know had to. Yeah. He was leaving. He didn't know why he was leaving. They were like, "Hey, where, where am I going? I'm taking the locker room." Okay, shoot. Well, but that it was it, that. But that was like one of those bone crushing hits that we're used to. What we used to see, right? Yeah. And everybody was like, "Ooh, like man, have you seen this hit?" I mean, that, when I'm telling them, like the Texans were coming in for different people saying that. Did you see a hit, JD? I'm like, yeah, man. He tried to take his head off. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, man, protect the game. I I, I get that one hundred percent. Um, 
So the next topic, this, this is an interesting one. So obviously, you know, Chiefs Twitter every week, there's like a new like thing that people, you know, get, you know, get nuts about. Last week we had like the, the bank robber and Colin Saunders going on with a, with a lot of with a lot of fans online. But this week, uh, actually today, uh, so Travis Kelsey on his podcast um, had revealed that Coach Reed is the one who calls plays and not Coach Eric Bieniemy. His brother even asked him, are, is it, are you sure Coach EB is not the one calling plays? He goes, no, nah, I'm pretty sure it's Coach Reed. So mixed reaction on Twitter. You had some fans who were saying, oh, not surprised. Of course, Andy Reid's calling plays. Then you had the other fans who, you know, like to blame EB for the offense. When the offense is not doing well, they like to blame Coach EB for the reason why that's happening. So they were kind of surprised by that. So I want to ask you guys, and I know JD on the show has always talked about how it's kind of a, a group effort when calling plays. It's not just Coach Reed. It's not just EB. It's a kind of a collaborative effort. So were you guys, when you guys heard that, I don't know if you guys heard that or saw that video, were you guys surprised um, that Coach Reed's the one calling plays, that Kelsey said that? That's more of a JD thing because I know uh, for us, our defense coordinator would, would call most of the calls. So um, as far as the head coach, I, that's I, I don't know if Coach Jamil or anybody else has made a whole lot of calls when you play. I thought it usually come from upstairs with the offense coordinator, right? Yeah, that's where we come from. Yeah. So, so okay. So here's here's where, here's where I'm, here's where I'm at with this. Okay, it it is without a doubt a collaborative effort. All right. So when Andy's making calls, EB. Nagy, all those guys are on the same page. They go through the entire week about what it is that the game plan is. Okay. EB may be the guy sending it in. Okay. Andy's sitting over making the calls. EB may be one that's suggesting the calls too. I think they take serious. I think they switch things up every once in a while. Okay. So Travis, what he said, if you hear what he's saying, he's actually saying, well, I'm under the impression it's Andy making the call. And the way he got that under the impression was when Andy's saying, hey, this is your play. Well, him saying that doesn't mean he's he was making that call. Like EB might be saying, like, look, we need to get it to Travis this time, right? We need to get it to Travis. But it is a collaborative effort. The problem I have with this, because I think it's a lose-lose situation, and I think it's a lose-lose situation for EB. For the simple, yeah, it hurts EB bad. Absolutely. 100%, right? That, that's the depth of it right there. It's because now all of a sudden you're taking away the power of EB making, making calls. Andy said EB makes calls. That's what Andy said. He said it himself, right? He said this himself. EB makes calls. Well, now all of a sudden, does e, uh, does Andy lose credit? And EB lose credit by saying this guy actually doesn't make the calls? Am I trying to, to fluff EB up so he can get a head coaching job, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So th that's how far this goes, how deep it is. And I believe, it, I know it's a collaborative effort, right? And so it's the same thing. Well, we seen Patrick when he came off on the sidelines against the Bengals. He's yelling at EB. Well, if EB's not the one making the phone call or making the calls, why is he fussing at EB then? You know what I mean? So I think, man, when you go into it, it's a whole lot of nuance there. And I think if the guys told you just in itself, where the players are not necessarily in the room, you know, I've been on offenses. I've been, you know, in – Offensive rooms. I'm an offensive coach in college. I mean, I, I hope JD. He's trying to take some of the heat off it. Though I hope yeah. by saying it, but it does make him look bad, though. It EB. does. It makes EB look bad. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Because it's like, well, shoot, EB's just he's just there. Like, what you doing? Like, what are you doing on the team for? <laughs> right, right. But I, but I do know that from my understanding, the the head coach at the beginning of the game, because you guys have a certain amount of plays that are scripted. 
First 15, yes. Yeah, right. that, that, that head coach yes. is going to call those. Yes. After that, yes. then it's a, it's a it's, it's, it's free, always right. called by committee. Yes, yes. And so usually that's how it works. And even though those first 15, you know, they still kind of go under. Like EB knows the first 15, what they call it. You know what I'm saying? And you know how it is, E. Everything's situational, too. I mean, like, I ain't going to call, you know, uh, you know, 20, 20 bow if we're third and third and 25. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to, you know, if, if I got a play and I can try to get 15, 20 yards on, I'm going to call that one instead of the first 15, right? Situational. But without a doubt, I think this right here hurts EB. And I, I don't know if Travis was trying to take some of the brunt off. I think he was just kind of making an assessment about what, you know, how he said, was what I hear, what I see, and how, how everything comes to me in this operating. I think Andy calls the plays, which I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm sure Andy does call the plays. But EB is, without a doubt, part of that playing calling aspect, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's a, co a cohesive effort with all the coaches that's making that call. Yeah. <laughs> so does Andy sit in your chair, D? <laughs> You ain't never had to touch up the mustache? <laughs> I've never touched up the mustache. I often wonder who his barber was, though. That's he keep it buzz, man, so I don't know who does it. I don't know if he yeah. goes to a barber if he go to a salon. I don't know. But, you know, I've always echoing on what y'all talking about. I've always had players in the chair. And I've asked the same question, who calls the plays? And it's always been collaborative. They both always – I don't, I didn't hear this thing today. Um, so it, it just might have been – my opinion, I think it could have been situational to uh, a specific time and moment that whoever asked the question may have been asking Trav. But I always thought EB made calls. I thought Andy made calls. I, I know there's always been confusion on who was the signal. I mean, what, what was making plays, but you know, uh, I don't know. It, it, it does. It, it, in my opinion, it does hurt EB though too. You know what I mean? Because we all know that he's been searching for a head coaching job, and you know, there's been some naysayers out there speaking against him as well. Um, so I mean, it, it can it can hurt him. Uh, I, I'm I'm shocked. I'm just now hearing it, so it's just kind of crazy to hear that. Like I, I thought it was both of them making calls at different times, though. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 how that goes, and, and like you're saying, how it plays out is because what some people might take that information and use it against him, but saying he may not be as brilliant as as he is. Well, he's not the one making these calls up, right? And then when they they score these points. Well, EB didn't have a hand in it. So why are we going to uh, give that type of credit? You know, he you really need a team. He can't even lead a team, right? Shoot, if he can't even make the, the calls on offense, <laughs> how's he going to lead, make the calls on the entire team, an entire organization? And so yeah. I I just think with, with and, and I think Travis is right. Look, Andy does make calls. No doubt about it. Andy <laughs> is an offensive genius. Why wouldn't he make calls, right? Why wouldn't he do it? And so I see Andy when he's got the little the, the sheet up and he's going through this thing. I know he, I know Andy's making calls, but we got to make sure that we understand it that it is a collaborative effort. Andy absolutely trusts EB uh, emphatically about what it is that his decision. Right? If he didn't, he wouldn't have him there. Same with Nagy. He just he, he, you know so that means a lot. So I don't want to take away from you know understanding that EB's his his. 
uh, influence and his imprint on the, the Chiefs organization and what they do offensively should not, should not be marred at all. I just, you know, seriously, we just got to recognize it for what it is, you know, seriously. Yeah. It, it definitely caught some Chief fans, uh, the, the ones who want to blame when we have, we have slow offensive days, the ones who always want to blame EB for that. So it does for those people, the ones who always want to blame EB when we have do uh, we do have slow days. So it's now it's like, oh, well, Coach Reed's calling the plays. Uh, well, you know, what? Well, who are they going to blame now for, you know, for that kind of stuff when, when you hear stuff like this come out, you know, there's a lot yeah, of people but, who do like to blame uh, it on EB. Well, it, when everything is good, it's Andy's doing it. When it's yeah. going bad, it's EB, right? That's, and that's no one knows who's calling the play, but, but the, the inside. Yeah. We can, right. right, right. It's true. Um, all right. So we're uh, final topic here. So uh, Chiefs hosting the, uh, the Denver Broncos this weekend. Um, Obviously, Broncos uh, fired their head coach this week, so, you know, they're kind of in flux right now. Um, so we are a 12-and-a-half-point tw- favorite at home. Uh, it's the third week in a row. We are the highest uh, uh, favorite in the NFL going into uh, Sunday, so third weekend in a row. Uh, last week, we covered that 10-point spread against Seattle. So, guys, who do you guys have this weekend, and what's your uh, score prediction? I mean, I'm easily picking the Chiefs, uh, you know, with, with much respect to the Broncos' defense because they've been playing – Pretty darn good, um, but you know that's a that's a team in turmoil. You know, you lose your your head coach, your quarterback's been getting knocked every single week about his play, um, and I just don't see the confidence in him at all. Uh, chemistry offensively is just not there. Um, it's a good time for us defensively to step up and, and and to to work on some things that we need to work on going into the the later part of the season and into the early parts of the playoffs. So um, I, I say three touchdown win. We should, we should win this by, I know the last game we went up quick and they, they found a way to get back in it. And we, it was closer than what it should have been, but I don't see us faltering this time. So I, I, I'd say 28, seven. Mm, that's good. That's good. So I, I agree with you. Like you said, man, this, this team, uh, they just trying to get out of here, man. Being healthy, I mean, seriously, if they if they could keep uh, Russell Wilson up, they're gonna try to do it. You got the offensive line fighting, infighting everywhere. You get like you said, you just got rid of your head coach, and who's going to be the guy at this moment? They even talking about maybe the GM getting rid of him if all these things that happen the, the way it should be happening. And so, uh, I think you know it, when things like this happen, you're always trying to find a bright spot. So I think if they come in, they might try to find a bright spot, but it's, it's going to fizzle out because they just ain't, they ain't got it. They, they, they ain't got it. So I'm, I'm going to give them, I'm going to give them 17 points, 35 to 17. That's what I'm looking at. Okay. I, I, I just said 17 because you said you keep it under 17. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, I'm going to give it a 17. He just, you know. For them to try to come in and rally like everything's going around, you know, the, the whole building's on fire, but let's let's try to put something together, right? So 35 to 17, man. It ain't, it's not going to be close. They might get that 17 late if that happens. Mm. Well, of course, I'm going to go. Of course, I'm going to go with the hometown team, the Chiefs over the Broncos this week. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say the predicted score will be 42 24. Okay. Okay. Yeah, points this week Pat about he gonna have 300 yards passing and three touchdowns for sure mm. okay which, which, running, which, which running back gonna show up Woo. 
Hey, I love McKinney, man. I love, hey, you know what? I love that, th- that's like a thunder and lightning type of thing, ain't it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I, I like, man, you know what? It almost hurt my heart that we almost didn't bring McKinnon back. Mm. Like, like yep. that, he was a late sign or something like that. They were juggling with some other things and uh, or whatnot. But I found out at one point in time he wasn't on the team. Then next time we, we did pick him back up silently. So I like that combination of of McKinnon um, and, and, and and Pacheco. So, yeah, man, I, I see – I see – I see uh, – I, I see Pacheco having a good game, and I also see McKinnon having a good game. So e- either way, I'm yeah. good. With it. I got you. Yeah, I like it. I like it. That's a good combination. Like you said, that that, that thunder and lightning, because that, that that right there embodies exactly what that is. No doubt about it. No, mm-hmm. no doubt about it. Smash and dash. Uh, another big one. So we have to win this week. So the fir- that that first seed buy still in play. Uh, big game on Monday night. Cincinnati hosting Buffalo. If Cincinnati pulls off the upset in that one, and we win, we get the one seed. Who, who, do, you, do you think Cincinnati pulls off the upset against Buffalo? It's in Cincinnati they're, too. They're hot offensively. They, they're hot. Joe, Joe, uh, Joe is kind of showing out right now. Um, but you never know what kind of Buffalo team you're going to get. You know, they're, they're. I think they're a pretty good overall team offensively and defensively. Um, but you know, Josh is known to make some mistakes and. It, they make they make too many, you know. Joe is going to capitalize on that. So I, I want to say I'm, I'm going with Cincinnati. I just don't know. Hey. Yeah, I, I, I got Cincy on it. I, I think Cincy pull it out. It's in Cincinnati too, right? In the game, yeah. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yeah, so it's, it's it's hard over in the jungle, man. They got a rock and that. Look, they got a lot of confidence after beating us. I think that was the one that really got them puffing their chest out. Mm-hmm. You know, beating the Chiefs. So. Uh, they're gonna be ready. They're gonna be ready for Buffalo. Oh my gosh, we had them. Yo, man, come on. Oh, we had them every game. Every time. Every, every time. Game. Yeah. <laughs> every game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something going on. But yeah, I'm 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 uh with my pom poms for, for Cincinnati this week. Yeah. Yeah. All right, fellas. <laughs> well, Dewan. It was awesome, awesome having you on. E and JD have talked about you many times before. It was awesome having you on to get get to meet get to meet the face. Man, it's a it's a pleasure to be on. Yeah, brother, I appreciate you, man. Much love. We continue to grow. Yeah, and see each other. Uh, heck, I'll see you next time. I'm in KC. Hey, yeah, 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 for the playoff game. Yes, sir. Yeah. Hey, man, I got I got to come over to the to the establishment. You know, Barbershop's been trying to get me over. It's like JD, man, we got to go over go see Juan. Hey. I'm coming. I will be over there to come check you out. Hi, everybody. Thanks for watching. Subscribe here to get the latest from the show. Also, be sure to check out the best clips from Chief Concerns. And if you prefer to listen to the show, subscribe and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.